www.entertainment.ie I love the way you say film. Hi, I'm Mike Sheridan, and you're very welcome to the Film Show. I'm joined by Brian Lloyd and Dee Malumby. How are you, you totally guys doing? Cha- you totally changed, changed up, up your intro. I oh, was, you're waiting. I was waiting for you to like lean in and do your whole thing. Like, You know why? Because I'm doing the Delve now, my show. So like and subscribe, <laughs> iTunes, YouTube, wherever you, wherever you want it. Um, and that's how I introduced the Delve. So I'm mixing it up, you know? I love how we're not even... F- not even 30 seconds into the show and already you're plugging your own crap well That's you grand. know you have to because we're about to plug your crap Brian we're about to plug your crap we're going to talk the first movie we're going to review is The Incredibles 2 uh, I know you both dug it uh, but you did an interview Brian with Brad Bird to direct yes, The Incredibles 2 yes I did see the way I uh, segue in and, and, and lean in for you there and, and help you out whereas I get mocked Reciprocating. Yeah, no, I interviewed uh, Brad Bird and the producers of the uh, movie. The interview is live on YouTube now. Why are you going all politician? Because uh, I just did it and I'm going to roll. In fact, in in any ways. Uh, Yeah, so yeah, the interview is live. It was a really good interview. I'm really proud of it. And uh, Brad Bird was a really interesting guy to talk to. D really wanted to talk to him. D's looking at you like you. Do you know what? You know I love animation. It's so mean. If you had said you wanted to do it, I'm pretty sure. I no, you didn't. Heavily we have, Yeah, yeah. You can't do this. If you had said, "Hey, I'd love to do that interview," <laughs> was that your done. impression of Deirdre? Was that? Your... Yeah. No, oh no, no. Uh, maybe I guess I kind of wanted to go, but I don't really say. I don't know how that's me. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. Do you just, right. just, just put that in there somewhere and then come at him again? You know, yeah. when he's least expecting it, when he's comfortable just later on in the show, then go and get him. Okay. So your interview's yeah. live anyway, Brian. Yes. Should have been with you. D, but how and ever. Should have been, yeah. Should have well, been. 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 The great Brad Bird directed a Mission Impossible movie, you know, which is kind of a, not easy to forget, but because Macquarie's done too, Chris Macquarie's done too yeah. since. Mm-hmm. Um, but a very good director. Yeah. So and the Iron Giant is like the Iron still Giant's, a classic. Yeah. It's one of, one the, of the best Ar- animated movies ever, ever, ever. The Iron Giant is one of those films that people uh, constantly revisit. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. They constantly go back to and quote all the time. Like It's yeah. just a beautiful... Vin Diesel's yeah. best movie? Ooh, yeah, maybe. Could be, yeah. Yeah. Maybe. Could be. Same Private Ryan? Or I mean, oh, he is great in that too, yeah. 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 I mean, I think he gave like... I, I know this is going to sound really kind of stupid, but like... Stupid. I thought he gave... For for the short amount of dialogue that he had in the Iron Giant, and like the fact that he was not kind of, it was very soulful, is what I'm saying. Mm. Like it was very soulful. Um, but yeah, I thought he was brilliant. Yeah, yeah, Iron Giant is just it's incredible. Okay, let's talk about the Incredibles 2D. You went to their premiere this, and uh, yeah, you family brought your two, premiere. You brought your two little sisters. It's always I a did. nice outing when D goes to a premiere. I know. When Brian goes to a premiere, he's sitting there in his own. Like when you do it, it's like just you put up a, such a cute picture on your Twitter with you and your. I was like, oh my god, yeah. your sisters, y'all look so alike or whatever, and it's so cute. Yeah. And, and they're having, taller than me, even yeah. though they're younger than me. Well, you're having so like a, you're having like a day out and a family shared family experience. Look around yeah. the point. He's my on dad his own. came too. My dad took the picture. Oh, he took the picture. Yeah. Oh, that's sweet. So okay, what did you? Okay, what did your little sisters think of the movie? Oh, they loved it. All three of us loved it. Although. I don't know. One of my sisters was kind of being a bit like harsh on it. She was like, it's it wasn't a, as good as the first. Is, this, is this a little sister that's, you know, generally gives you feedback and she can be quite like. Oh, no, no. That's, that's yeah. Leisha. That's the youngest one. She's so funny because I'll bring her to like movies like um, 
I don't know, off the top of my head, like show dogs. And I was like, ah, oh, well, you know, it was nice. And it the was dogs sweet. were cute. And she was, she'd was, she be like, it was crap. <laughs> and she's like, she? she's like 12. <laughs> she's like, it was rubbish. And it's so funny because um, sometimes I'll bring her and her friends to it. If it's like a really young one, like show yeah. dogs. And um, she'll kind of hold off on what she really thinks until her friends are gone. Because yeah. all her friends will be like, oh, it was so nice. And the dogs were everywhere and stuff like that. Um, yeah, it's funny. Like she's just eye rolling, like, oh. Yeah. yeah. She was saying the same about Peter Rabbit, actually. Of all the people I've spoken to, Leisha was like Peter Rabbit's strongest critic. <laughs> was she? Really? Well, besides Brian, but well, Brian, Brian didn't actually see the movie. I hadn't seen it, though. And I won't. You just had a rampant hatred of, of James yeah. Corden. I just really don't like James Corden. He's a really like, James Corden y in it. Yeah, well, there you go. To the point that yeah. the studio had to call him and ask him to change the piece. <laughs> That's true. That's yeah. For people who his don't know, that's producer Dave, his you weren't here at the time. Right? It was in the old building, but Brian wrote such a vicious piece about the Peter Rabbit trailer that the studio called him and were like, "Brian, it's a, it's a little bit harsh. Can you, can you like?" And Brian was like, "Yeah." Um, I was like, I was like, yeah. When I was like, "Look, I'll change it this time," but I really don't like him. And they were like, "Yeah, look, you know, yeah, okay, just please, just change it." And I that's was not like, what you said. You were like, "I'm sorry, okay, I'm sorry." I did. I know. Sorry. I'm I sorry. Know. I'm sorry. Okay. I know. I'm sorry. All right. I know. I'm sorry. I apologize for the uh, harsh tone that I took with the trainer. You don't have to apologize. Still, it was years ago. Like yeah, I know, but I'm just saying. I apologize. I'm sorry. I just I'm sorry. I'm still sorry. Are we done? You just did an impression of Deirdre. You've done many impressions of me. Take it, Brian. I am taking it. Take I'm it like a man, Brian. I am taking it. Um, but yeah, no, yeah. I just James Corden. I just I cannot abide him. I can't stand him. Well, he's not in The Incredibles 2. Good. He's not. He's not. So uh, everybody Though else he returns. is in Ocean's 8. <laughs> anyway, we won't get into that. But back to Incredibles 2. Um, really, really enjoyed yeah. it. There were so many. You know what Brad Bird just gets so right is animated action. Yeah. The action sequences in this are really just top notch. You just don't see any other filmmaking making this kind of standard of action sequences in animated movies and I know you mentioned their Mission Impossible so he does have that action background I also thought it was funnier than the first film I found myself laughing out loud loads I was there like I said at a family premiere everyone was laughing the adults the kids teenagers everyone was just laughing along with this film probably not as good as the first I was mentioning to this to Brian um, off air it kind of annoyed me a little that the establishing scenes with like you know, Bob and Helen, you know, the Mr. and Mrs. Incredible fighting and the kids being like, why can't we use our superpowers? We're a bit kind of repetitive of the first film. And I don't know if the finale was quite as epic as that whole showdown with Syndrome in the first movie, which yeah. is just so awesome. But it was still, I really, really enjoyed it. I definitely go see it again. I think I will. This weekend. <laughs> yeah, no, I thought that, like the one problem that I had with it was I felt that the villain in the first one was incredible. Jason Lee, who vo- voiced his character Syndrome. I thought Jason, it was, Lee, yeah. Yeah. Jason Lee, yeah. Do you remember Jason Lee? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And like he was brilliant in the first he's Incredibles. Great in a lot yeah. of movies. He's and such, my name is Earl. Yeah, and my name is Earl. Yeah. He's Again, Earl. as well, you have that villain that and we saw it with Black Panther yeah. in fact where, where you kind of like agree with them because he's yeah. like you know why shouldn't everybody have access to gadgets and be able to be supers you know yeah, yeah. So. whereas this time around I felt uh, the two people well, the 
It's not that there was it was lacking a villain. Who, such, who are the villains at that? Well, you see, this is it. It's a character called the Screen Slaver, and it's never revealed who it is until the end, and then it turns out to be a bit of a sort of whatever. Um, but it's to do with this kind of hypnosis, hypnosis kind of thing. thing. Yeah, that's kind of all you can say, really. Yeah, yeah really, yeah. without kind of going far, too far into it. But I felt Bob Odenkirk and Catherine Keener, who are the two new kind of cast members of it. Um, I felt like they were kind of not that they were an odd choice but they were a bad choice like as in like Holly Hunter and Craig T. Nelson you wouldn't think of them as voice actors at all but they really kind mm. of have a really expressive voices they really too kind of are able to kind of get their emotions out in every scene but with Catherine Keener and Bob Odenkirk I felt it was the sort of thing where if I was watching them live as in as in without the kind of benefit of animation you'd be like oh yeah well they're doing subtle things that kind of gets the emotion across but the fact that it's an animated character doing the acting for them kind of negates half the performance if you know mm. what I'm saying so it kind of felt kind of flat yeah but that's like I'm I'm splitting hairs here like as in like that's the one kind of complaint I would have against okay, it okay what about the good stuff brilliant action uh, Brad Bird absolutely 100% has action sequences down pat. And what's even funny as well, I think, is the fact that the way he directs it is exactly like how an actual real-life movie would direct an action scene. Do you mm. know that kind of way? Like, there's a bit in it where Elastigirl is chasing after the screenslaver and the camera actually follows her like someone is actually running They're after her. Kind of her. Paul Greengrass handle. Kind of, yeah. yeah. And it's really smart. Like, and like, like it's, you a, know, it's, an urge, it's a way of in, injecting urgency into an action scene. Exactly, yeah. and that's it. And it, that's so smartly done. You wouldn't normally see that in an animated film. Uh, the soundtrack is brilliant. It looks gorgeous. The story itself is brilliant. The fact that they kind of flipped the whole idea <laughs> of like, you know, being a parent uh, and raising children is just as heroic as, you know, actually literally being a superhero. Yeah, there you go. So, like, The family sequences were very funny and very kind of touching as well. Yeah. You know, you really believe in those characters in that relationship. And actually, speaking of when I was going to <laughs> the screening, there were particular, like, scenes where I was like, that's you. Because, like, you know, when the dad is struggling to teach With maths, the maths yeah. I was, like, poking at my dad, like, that's you, that's you. And when, like, Violet was having her little tantrum, I was poking my teenage sister being like, like, that's you, that's you. Because it is that, like, relatable. Don't and bully real. your sisters, do you? You take them to a nice da- no. nice afternoon now. I just said it Here, at the they top. they couldn't complain. I was bringing them to a free movie. Yeah, you, so. just, you just take this abuse. You just take this <laughs> yeah, stick. That's exactly. fair enough. Yeah. Build character, sure, right? <laughs> okay, so this is one of the biggest animated movies of all time, right? Like, I mean, in terms of opening. I think it's, I think it is now the highest grossing animated film stateside. Anyway. Yeah. I think so now, yeah. yeah. So that's kind of, obviously, audiences have responded to it mm-hmm. in, in like, yeah. a hugely positive way. Yeah. Uh, do you think Irish audiences will? I think so, yeah, definitely, yeah. I think the fact that, you know, the first one had such a, an impact for everybody, the fact that it was so well received critically and commercially, I think that's only going to improve with the second one, so definitely. Yeah, yeah. could we see a third one, do you think, they? Yeah, I think I think so. I think so, but like, I yeah. mean, if they leave it for another 14 years, that's kind of a Well, not, well I mean, but they kind of, with the Toy Story <clears throat> movies, and there's a Toy Story 4 coming, isn't there? Yeah. yeah. Um, and actually, they swapped the dates. Initially, Toy Story 4 was meant to come out now and Incredibles right. 2 later, and they swapped the dates. I think it's because Toy Story has proven to be like so grossing that they really want to take their time with it, which honestly made me quite nervous for Incredibles 2, but I was really happily yeah. surprised. Yeah, they obviously just all kind of up to production, I suppose. Or the, yeah. or the post-production yeah. schedule I'm sure that stuff exactly. is tricky even yeah, though I mean, yeah. I mean it's advanced so much in the last few oh, years oh yeah of course yeah 
like I think the first Toy Story took a couple of years to put together. Something yeah. like that, yeah. When you watch the three in a row, like I, I have watched the three in a row before and the standard of animation, how it develops is amazing. And I mean, even watching Incredibles too, I couldn't help but compare it to the standard of animation in the first Incredibles, which is still amazing, but it's it's like, it's making leaps and bounds yeah, animation. It's, yeah. it's up a different level now. At the, ma- at the moment, yeah. Okay, so that's definitely one for the families of the weekend. Yeah. Because uh, it was kind of a quiet... For everyone. Week. Everyone was, go see it. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. You're going to see people like our age yeah. going yeah. to see this, like Especially because like 14 years ago, yeah, that would have been like a yeah. film we saw as kids. So. Yeah. yeah. Okay, Brian, you uh, another little plug for yourself, Brian. Another little, uh, another little um, self plug. As I another call little it. self plug. Okay, so uh, <laughs> you had another interview, with Mia yes. Goth, uh, Mia Goth, and uh, George McKay, who apparently was dating Sir Ronan at one point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Don't know if they're still dating now. I didn't ask. All right, no, TMZ. No, I don't. Right, I don't. Saying. No, no, I think they broke up a while. Did ago. you? Uh, yeah, did you yeah. tell him you didn't? You didn't care about his personal life. <laughs> did you tell him that? I didn't ask Look, about his personal. Life. I don't care about your personal life. Yeah, but I point that out at the top like you did with Emily Blunt. Well, like I mean, that was like in context. If it makes sense in context, you insulted Emily Blunt. In context. In context. In context. <laughs> and like, it's, not an, it's not an insult to say I don't care about your personal. Yes, it is. How is that an insult? It was the way you said it. It was like you know, the way, like what I meant it was was that look, I'm not here to talk about your personal life. I'm here to I'm here to be professional, okay, and talk about your professional work. That's it. It's about the work. It's not about the not about the personal life. You told Emily Brunkborn. You told her. I just yeah, said, it's not about the work, all right. I'm just saying the like work and, and then you process. told her husband to F off. <laughs> Real classy. <coughs> anyway. What's this junker for? What was this uh, interview for? This was for the movie uh, Marrowbone or The Secret of Marrowbone. Um, we've interviews with Mia Goth and George McKay and the director Sergio Sanchez. Um, Sergio, Sergio, um, that's a cool name, isn't it? Isn't it? Sergio, Sergio Sanchez. Sanchez? Yeah, Sergio you should be playing up front for Chile. You get that. You, you like the football producer day. He gets that. He gets lost in Brian. I, I got nothing. Um, but yeah, no, the two of them were interesting. Uh, Sergio Sanchez uh, very uh, had a lot to say about you know the process and all that kind of thing. So they're up on YouTube as well. The film is not great though. Um, it's kind of a bit boring to be honest Um, there's a I can say this now there's a twist in it that doesn't make any sense at all Um, ah Sergio yeah and like it was like I was watching I was like I had so much belief in Sergio Sanchez just from his name just from from the name name alone like like, that's a confident name yeah Mm -hmm. that's it he's like up front (laughs) with the football you know where you stand with Sergio what are you saying? Yeah, just yeah. Sergio, just, yeah. Ball over the top, whatever, to the feet, Sergio, you know, puts it in the back of the net. Um, sure. <laughs> but yeah, so those interviews are live now and you can read the review as well. So, yeah, there you go. I got nothing on the football. I can't help you. I don't I think we can help. have Brian ever do anything for the Sports Chronicle. What do you think? Maybe? Someday. Someday, yeah. <laughs> I don't know, maybe for the cricket or something like that. What? Okay, let's talk uh, Skyscraper, dear. Skyscraper. Uh, it's a big week, actually. It is a big week, two, yeah. yeah. I love uh, The Rock. I think he's awesome. I love, and he's Dwayne Johnson in this one. So this this looks so diehard. It's from the director of Dodgeball. Yeah. Um, but, and he wrote it as well. Marshall Rowan, Marshall Tuber. Yeah. yeah. We'll go with that. <laughs> I can try, try and Rowan remember Marshall Ralston. Logan Ralston. or something. Yeah, but he's yeah. Uh, he's signed a big deal with The Rock now actually for his next movie. Mm. Um, and it's one of the biggest deals that's ever been done in Hollywood in terms of the money The Rock yeah. is going to get. That mm. type of money just doesn't go around anymore. Yeah. So, which well, le- they work together on Central Intelligence. Yeah. So, yeah. That was a fun movie with Kevin Hart. I didn't see it. Did you not see it? No, Shut but I assume, I assume they did well because, I mean, they worked on... You know Jumanji off the back of that, and that yeah. made silly money. So well, obviously he did, he didn't, he didn't make them. Jumanji, did he? No, no, that, was that was Jay, Jay Kasdan. Yeah, um, but uh, we, we, that kind of led me to believe when that when that type of um, money was been thrown around, I was like, oh, oh Skys- sorry, I meant Kevin Hart. Oh, before. Kevin Hart, sorry, that's yeah. what I meant. Sorry, yeah. I, 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 yeah. I, when that type of money was been thrown around for the Rock for this deal for this director and, <clears> and start <throat> reteaming, I was like, 
skyscraper must be good. There must be some buzz. It looks like it's uh, very diehard, but mm. it's aware of the fact that it's diehard. It's too diehard. It was like frustratingly diehard. It was like... Can you ever be frustratingly diehard? There is, there is homage and then there's just plain copying, you know? I mean, this is coming from like my nerdy film background, but what made Die Hard... Are you going to mention the fact that you have a master's? Go for I have it. A master's. Uh, no, but what I was going to say was, I've it. like... I've re- I've read I read this really interesting book on the action genre because I'm weird. I watch films and I read about them. Whatever, get let's, over. Let's it. mock D for like doing research <laughs> <laughs> and reading. Look for her. Uh, she's, she's being articulate. Uh. You go to the libraries, um, you loser. Which Nerd. Was, <laughs> which was written by an Irish man, actually, Doctor Harvey O'Brien. But um, he was Shout talking out to Dr. about Harvey. yeah, Doctor Harvey. Um, but he was writing about how Die Hard was so kind of revolutionary to the action genre because what you had essentially in the 70s and 80s were like these really like buff built action heroes which were essentially tanks and completely indestructible and what you had with Die Hard and Bruce Willis was kind of like not like not kind of as toned obviously he's muscular and everything but he's not like a tank more of an everyman yeah. exactly yeah. and more to the point as the movie progresses, like, you know, he doesn't have any shoes and he's getting the absolute crap beaten out of him. Like the whole idea with the previous 70s and 80s movies were that these guys were indestructible. You could shoot a bazooka at them and they'd just be standing there posing with their big pecs and everything. But he was properly getting like cut up. You see him like bandaging himself up and everything. And I thought that what Skyscraper did, which was like, I suppose, a nice homage if you think about it. But I thought that it was like completely basically mimicking that idea in that you have Dwayne Johnson and he's kind of like, an insecure man he's missing you know a limb and he's talking about how he's not feeling very you know confident in like his new job and stuff whereas initially at the start of the film he's like this kind of um you know uh alpha type yeah yeah yeah, exactly um so i and and again throughout skyscraper he's getting the crap beaten out of him and he's constantly taping himself up with duct tape it's kind of like this running gag in the movie I suppose Um, but what it lacked that Die Hard had as well was just a kind of sense of like fun and playfulness and then also just it was missing I know this is kind of simplistic but like just that quotability you know just that like you know repeat kind of viewing quality are you you telling me that Skyscraper is an earnest film it does not strike me as something that would be like, do is this taking yeah. itself seriously? I feel like it kind of is. Oh dear. I don't know. I mean, <laughs> like there, there are like some ridiculous moments, like when he's like, you know, running across, like you've seen the clip where he's running across and he's literally jumping into a building <laughs> that is on fire. Um, but I don't know. It was just, you know what? It's fine. It's kind of exactly what you'd expect. It neither exceeded nor kind of under met, I suppose, my expectations. So but yeah, but I wanted it to have more of a sense of fun to it. Like, I like seeing Dwayne Johnson be more playful. Like, I'll be honest, at the time of seeing Jumanji, Welcome to the Jungle, I was quite harsh on it. But looking back, there are a lot of, like, humorous moments in it. And I just, I prefer seeing Dwayne Johnson in that kind of role where he's having a bit, like, a fun with it. I think that, you know, it's, it is hard, though, mind you, to get that balance with action movies I think there are a lot that take themselves like super seriously but only certain movies have worked in the past just John Wick John Wick it's a fucking pencil but um 
But yeah, I just I wanted it to have a bit more because it was so ridiculous and cliched and over the top and everything. I would have liked if it had a bit of fun with that. But it did feel like it was taking itself really seriously. So the hook here seems to be it's the rock, but he's only got one leg. Yeah, it's the rock. And the building's three times the size of the Empire State Building. Exactly. And he's playing basically a John McClane type character and he has to save his family. And it's it is it's too diehard, you know. Brian, can something be too diehard? Yeah, to be fair, like, I mean, I know there, there was that whole thing with, like, in the 90s, it was like, oh, it's Die Hard on a boat, or it's Die Hard on a bus, or it's Die Hard speed, on... Speed, Speed 2. Speed 2 and Under Siege and all those kind of things. Um, yeah, I mean, I... But I, see, I know people describe those films as Die Hard, but I never would call Die Hard, a Speed Die Hard on a bus. I would consider it sure. its own its own thing. thing. Yeah, of course. You know? yeah, yeah. It's, it's an action film contained in a singular space. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. That's it. That's a broad term. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. That's the formula. The formula is it's, you know, contained in one area, you know, plucky guy, wrong place, wrong time, trying to figure his way out of it. Mm-hmm. This, on the, as, as Dee says, this is just Die Hard, pretty much, except The Rock is in. And Inferior. And, and and in theory, in that like it's set in a skyscraper, um, probably terrorists are trying to take over. Is yeah, that it? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. See, come on, like that's yeah. that's. There's even like a scene in well, it that's set in a boiler room, which is like, oh come on. Who else now? is going to try and take over? Of course, it's terrorists. Yeah, but what I'm saying is like you could have had something like I don't know, like there's just a... some lads drinking cans outside, or like here, lads. No, but like it's in a skyscraper. <laughs> okay, fine, but like it's sort of thing where like tyrant inferno, you know, that kind of where the thing is on fire and you've got to get people out, and it's a race mm. against time before. Something something happens like, and the that's just that's just me spitballing yeah. right now. Like, and in fairness, one of the things because I've seen Towering Inferno and yeah. I think it's a great movie. In Towering Inferno, the stakes are real. In that, there are people who don't get out. There are people like characters that you get <laughs> to know that just die, yeah. and it's really like, and you don't know who's going to make it with. Um, skyscraper I felt like there were no stakes because you know they're not going to kill off well, Dwayne Johnson Forno had and that you thing know as well. his family are going to be fine well, Terran Furner had the thing as well with all the superstars that sure. were at the time it was like Newman and, and uh, Steve McQueen wasn't yeah. it yeah so you'd at the well, time that was a huge deal ones. yeah that, that like, was a huge yeah. deal that was like DiCaprio and Brad Pitt doing uh, the Tarantino movie together now at the moment like that's at that stage that's yeah. what that would have been on that huge huge scale so look I th- I think it looks like a bit of a laugh I still haven't seen Sicario 2 so I want to get to that yeah. I went to Old School 2 again last weekend and loved it yeah. um, I hope I really hope people do go and embrace it and go and see it we've, we've, we've like, kind of, well I have um, prodded on about it enough but it is an excellent yeah. film and uh, there's a film from the director of uh, Winter's Bone Leave No Trace Oh, I really um, want yeah, to see that. Gav gave that uh, five stars on uh, Flight. Winter's Bone is really an review. incredibly underrated film. It's yeah. Jennifer Lawrence's, it was her first. Breakout. But it was really her, she was nominated for an Oscar for it and it was her breakout. So, and Ben Foster, I think, is an excellent actor too. So, yeah. Yeah, I love um, I'm dying to see that. I'm really yeah. looking forward to that. So, hopefully it's not going to notice in by the time I get a chance uh, to go and see it. So, Skyscraper, yeah. If you're in Brand, the mood. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's Big kinda, screen, it does what it says on the tin. Like It's Skyscrapes. Yeah. Dwayne Johnson's Skyscrapes with one leg. Why not? He's back. Like, Skyscraper 2. This time he's back yeah. this time. It's you would what, imagine, yeah, but like, will there be a sequel actually, do you think? Depends on how much money it makes. Yeah, it? yeah. It probably is totally dependent on because that. Because Rampage didn't do that well. No. You know, it did grand, yeah. but it, did it didn't fine. do for, you know, given he's coming off the back of Jumanji with like over a billion dollar global gross, which was huge and unexpected. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, Rampage was like, eh, it did okay. Joint yeah. Ape and The Rock from the director. And that's what I'm saying, yeah. It would, like, you're watching Rampage, it was just like, eh, eh, eh. You know, like, eh. It's exactly I had a what similar feeling with Rampage in that I felt like Rampage could have had a bit more kind of fun yeah. to it, you know? 
I mean, because it's it's ridiculous. And this film is ridiculous in its concept. So just embrace that ridiculousness. That's what they're going to do. Sorry, Brian. That's what they're going to do with the Fast and Furious spin-off with Jason Statham. I'm looking forward to that. Yes. Speaking of Jason Statham, have you seen the trailer from Meg? Yeah. Oh, it looks fantastic. Do you think? The joint shark and Jason Statham wants to make it bleed. He says that in the trailer. He says, I want to make this thing bleed. Yes, Jason Statham. Fight that. that joint shark. Fight it. He better punch that shark in the face. I right, think that's due out like late August, so it'll yeah. kind of be the final one of blockbuster season, yeah. is my understanding. Jaws, yeah. though, come on, like, come on. Jason, Jason statement, batter jaws in the fight. Eh, eh, eh. No, yeah, okay. Whatever. Anyway, speaking of like the rocks. You know, career and he's at this level now where everything has to be insanely oh, it's be popular, huge. insanely yeah. popular. But I think the Fast and Furious spinoff with David Leach uh, directing it is, uh, and Idris Elba's just been announced as the villain. It's just shaping up beautifully. I can't. Yeah, Vanessa that. Kirby's been added as um, Jason Statham's yeah. character's sister. That'll Ooh. be interesting. And Helen Mirren is their mother. All right, calm down, Thirsty Brian. Calm down. Look, don't look at the camera like that. Don't look at a camera like that. She's so weird. Look at a camera like you're trying to get her pregnant. <laughs> you're sick. You're sick, you thirsty granny grabber. <laughs> okay, yeah. we're done. Uh, um, for movie news this week, D, we're, we're kind of um, pillaging something from the yeah. site. Yeah, yeah, I just wanted to, because um, last week when it was just myself and Brian, we were talking about our favourite movies and least favourite movies of 2018 so far. So I thought that continuing on with that theme, that we'd look at some of the movies that are still to come in 2018. So I've just picked about like 10 here. Oh, and you can see the full um, piece on site, which is 14 movies we're looking forward to for the rest of 2018. Um the 10 I have picked, I've probably picked too many, but I'm looking forward to a lot of movies. But the 10 I've picked are Halloween. Yep. It's going to be amazing. The Predator-ish. <laughs> First Man, going to be awesome. Suspiria, which I kind of want to see and I'm too scared to see at the same time. The Girl in the Spider's Web. Mary Queen of Scots. Looks so You're much. mad for that. I am so... I love costume and period dramas. Margot Robbie and Saoirse Ronan, they're going to be great. Um, the Happy Time Murders just look so funny. I cannot wait. Aquaman, which is shaping up really, really nicely. What Bumble- our pal? What our pal yes. Patrick Wilson? What our pal Patrick Wilson? Sorry, do you continue? Bumblebee. <laughs> Bumblebee, um, because of when we were talking about like the Coraline director and everything. And it does look like really, it looks like the Iron Giant, not a copy of it, an homage to it. Um, and Mary Poppins returns with Emily Blunt. That's a solid list. Yes. I find out that's a difficult list to argue with. Yeah, you couldn't really argue with much of that. Yeah. First man, my God, like it looks so good. Yeah. It looks that's so gonna good. That's going to be a total Oscar darling and deservedly story. Yeah. So. Absolutely. Bumblebee, though, like, I mean, we were saying this when Travis we were Knight, yeah. Travis Knight. It looks good. A Transformer yeah. movie that looks good. It's what? mad. Who knew? Like, um, Predator. I don't know why you, what, don't know what your problem is with Predator. I okay. really, that I, film's trailer, gonna be, I've been seeing the trailer. Come on. I mean, if, if this was a movie, um, like, that ends up being what it is, right? But if, um, without Shane Black attached, sure. that was all we had to go on mm. those trailers. I'd be like, yeah, whatever. Yeah. I think it looks But Shane great. Black, so I'm like, yeah, I'm Fred Decker, so I'm in. I know, but I, I think yeah, the it might just be, great. it just might be the trailers. Yeah, yeah. see, so you really like, I don't know. I don't even like the, like, CGI look of the guy from the trailers. I don't know. Maybe, like, it's, maybe like, it's not look, finished yet. There's a big predator and it grabs the small predator and, he pulls and him that's through, the big and he pulls him through the th- and what? Like, 
right? Pred- genetically engineered predator. That's just, you say it, I was like, I'm there. Just, just take my money. Just take my money. Predator was have- one of those movies that, uh, you know, when I was growing up, I'm a little bit older than, well, certainly D, you're old as well, Brian. Yeah. But, uh, when we were in school, it was like somebody would have seen it that night or would have been yeah, talked to about Sky it. movies and come in and like just talked about bits from it so excitedly. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, Robocop was my one. Yeah, yeah. The bit with the when the guy gets hit with the car. That's actually that, a scene in old school. They talk about that, <laughs> right? This is deadly bit and I'm like yeah. yeah. But that's um, yeah. Robocop was my one. Yeah, Robocop and Predator were the two ones that I just like kind of constantly quote in the schoolyard when you're like. Way too young to even know what you're even saying, like yeah. you know, like anyway. Geez, I remember seeing like Robocop for the first time when I was in college. I don't know, it had just passed me by over the years and being like, Oh, you know, it's made in the eighties, like it'll be it won't even be violent. And then I looked at it <laughs> and it's like super violent. Paul Verhoeven, yeah. Um, but like really, really enjoyable. Like it's so good. I saw that when I was like about ten or eleven. Like I was way too young to <laughs> yeah. have seen Robocop. Your formative like, years, Brian. That's what I'm saying, but like it was one of those ones that was like if I had a kid now. There's no way I let them watch Robocop. Like I just wouldn't. Like if they were like ten or eleven, I but just like in let them. another like ten years, like it, it might be at the point where the special effects, unfortunately, have aged. Yeah. I know, but look, know? they've aged now. Like I mean, I think they were pretty fake looking back then. But even like when I was, like I said, when I was watching it, however many years ago, I won't reveal. But yeah, I I I really thought the effects have kind of stood the test of time. Yeah, it depends when. Depends on. I think that the eighty movies <coughs> that have tended ha, that have leaned towards practical effects rather sure. than yeah, kind of computer generated yeah. ones yeah. yeah tend to but age not, better when are too CGI heavy it just it kind of seems it looks to age silly, better yeah. unless, unless yeah. you're talking about the soundtrack or whatever if you had to pick two from that list Brian that you were most excited about what would they be I would go for First Man and I would go for The Predator I'm uh, I'm mostly excited about Halloween I think Dick. Halloween mm. I'm dying for that yeah uh, just everything about it's like just yeah, oh, yeah. like it's I know it's Danny McBride co-wrote and uh, David Gore Green directing Jamie Lee Curtis is back and they're ignoring all of the other movies brilliant yeah. and just you know, something about having John Carpenter properly involved yeah and that and like even if it is just I know he's a story consultant mm-hmm. and stuff and he's doing mm. the, like probably elements of producing with it yeah. yeah but having him doing the theme music it's like <gasps> so good oh my yeah. god that trailer was amazing and uh, they brought back the original Michael Myers yeah, as well Castle, right? yeah. which is very cool is he back is he he's back is he not all the shit now? Yeah, he is, yeah. Yeah, but he has a mask, so it's he has a mask. <laughs> but you can actually see it. You can actually even see it, isn't Yeah, it? but Jamie Lee Curtis is a bit slower too. Oh, so. yeah, no, oh, he's adjusting. <laughs> that on. makes sense, I guess, right? That <laughs> makes sense. Yeah. But the um, the bit with the door, like I remember I showed it to Fiona Flynn, actually, right? Oh, my God, uh, we both and, like, jumped. It, and, she had, and she had the headphones on. You could see her just like, oh, my God, oh, my God. And then, like, with the bit with the door when she's trying to close the door, and then he's just like, that, like, this scream that came out of that yeah. woman's voice. Like, it was just. Ah! So. I think that that trailer and the one for The Nun as well had dropped kind of within a few days yeah. of each other. And me and Fiona both screamed at that. Actually, when she screamed at The Nun trailer, that made me scream again. What do we think um, in terms of then of the Oscar race of where the movies are going to end up? Because there's always some surprises yeah. as well. Like, that October release. Kind of last week in October release really seems to be where mm. I think specifically Universal Pictures did it with yeah. Steve Jobs a couple mm. of years ago, which was unfairly, I Very think, much uh, so. which is an excellent film. And Michael Fassman is superb and Aaron mm. Sorkin's script. Dan, uh, Danny Boyle did a great job directing yeah. it. But that's where that's where uh, Force Man, the Last Man, yeah, Force Man, Force Man, sorry, beg your pardon, is that's where that's one that one has been placed. So we 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 think this one is the front runner. I would say so. Yeah, definitely. Out of yeah. all the ones that are in it, there, I would definitely mm. think Force Man is going to have big impact because I mean, like, you know, it's. Ryan Gosling, it's about the space race. Um, it's Damien Giselle, you know, La La Land, Whiplash, 
Like, it has the pedigree f- for it to really do something. I'd say, though, my thinking is, I think Claire Foy is more likely to get Best Actress for that. She's going to have a whopper year because she's yeah. got, you mentioned the, the girl in the... Girl in the Spider's Web. Spider's Web. She's yeah. leading that, too. Yeah. 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 So she's going she's to have a lock on in the next 12 months. You think you reckon an Oscar nomination could be in the world? I'd she's say good for enough her. actor. Yeah, yeah she's yeah, brilliant. Sure. Like, I mean, you look at The Crown, like the stuff she did and that was incredible. Yeah, I'd say she'll probably get a Best Actress uh, mm. nod for that. I think yeah. that'll, that'll pull her out in front of it because like Ryan Gosling already got it for La La Land you know mm. so and uh, it's 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 because Tully's not going to get a shout in D is it it's a shame though yeah I know did you see I it really so I haven't seen it yet but like I mean from everything you've said <laughs> I, I am going to see every it every week I remind you're, him you're to part see of the problem now because you didn't go and see you didn't pay I, to see you didn't, I, you didn't add to the box office I didn't yeah no I hurt the film. fully admit I am at fault here I, I am the reason Tully was not the commercial success it's all, it's all on you me. Like, it's all yeah. on me all on me it's because you're an influencer you are an influencer. I'm, listen, okay. Listen you got to paid to you influence. Say. You got paid to influence. Listen, if to peddle your influence. If anyone's going to be a pay, a pay, a, we're going to talk about paid influencers. You're the paid influencer. When, when around was the last one I put? That thing you did for SBG where you were doing like, yeah, I'm Mike Sheridan. I'm in SBG talking about the that gym. Was, uh, that was it. Do you know what that was? That was it. What was that? That's a place that was influencing that right there. Influence. That was me interviewing one of the top MMA coaches in the world who's also my coach. Um, and Because he asked me to. And he's a friend of mine. And he also did my show this week, The Delph. Like and subscribe on YouTube. Thanks for the segue, Brian. I did enjoy, Brian said something earlier on where he called, he said like, a plucky character. I have not heard somebody described as plucky. Plucky? And since, since the mid-90s, maybe? It's just like a plucky character. It's like, plucky? Well, like, where? Well, like, you know, it's in like, uh, hey, got a bit of get <laughs> no, up No, I know go. what plucky means. All right. I'm just like, it was a strange choice of words. What are you laughing for? What? It's I didn't know if you meant that. <laughs> hey. <laughs> <You know. laughs> hey. Yeah, I don't know. Plucky, yeah. <laughs> what about it? Like, yeah, okay, grand. Like, yeah, I use old references sometimes. I'm sorry that I'm old, okay? Feeling very attacked. I can't wait this to week. see plucky um, turn up in a movie review of his now. Yeah, it's like the puppet. <laughs> it's like the puppet Chucky. Plucky. Plucky, yeah. Do you see though that they're like doing the remake of uh, Child's Play? Yeah. Why? Is it, Why? Is it going to be? Uh, is it going to be the same guy doing the the voice? Brad Dourif. Andy, Andy, you little shit. <laughs> Chucky was hilarious. Oh, it was gas. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, not they great released films. one like just last year. Yeah. Like, it's, did they? Yeah, yeah it was straight the straight DVD. to DVD one. Oh, you yeah. like the old DVDs, Dee. Did you get it? <laughs> I did not. <laughs> oh, Dee didn't even get it on DVD. Well, She's there. Not for the DVDs. I, okay, let's uh, let's talk with the revisit because. Yeah. Um, you, when, when did you decide to do this one? Sorry, missed the show last week. When did you decide to do this one? The Dark Knight? Yeah. We really should stop this fighting. Otherwise, we'll miss the fireworks. There won't be any fireworks. And here we go. Um, well, like five d- minutes ago? Well, or? five minutes ago. Yeah, <laughs> yeah pretty much. Pretty much. I think no, you know what thing. it was? It was we were thinking about anniversaries. Yes. And it's the 10th anniversary of... Mamma Mia it's the 15th anniversary of Pirates of the Caribbean and it's also the 10th anniversary of The Dark Dark Knight so and what I had just decided on The Dark Knight yeah Yeah. it's mad right and 2008 it was at the time the year that that was released in 2008 up until up and The Dark Knight was leading the pack as the highest grossing film of the year and then Mamma Mia (laughs) swooped in and 
stuck uh, took the crown from the Dark Knight. So what Brian is saying is he's making up for that ten years later. <laughs> I'm yeah, ten years by on choosing this film. Not Mamma Mia. I'm choosing the Dark Knight because I can talk more readily about the Dark Knight than I can. Mom- okay. Although to be fair, you were saying this though. You watched Mamma Mia recently because you're yeah. Dee's going to be writing an article about it. Yeah, and I also have sequel, one on pirates. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and pirates. Mm. And like I have, I'll, I'll, I'll be honest and say I have not seen Mamma Mia. I've never watched it. Um, I you love ABBA. Not, you would not care for it. But like, I love ABBA. No, this is it. Like, I love ABBA. I really have a genuine well, love for ABBA. You would. That's what I'm saying. So like, I feel like I should have watched it by now kind of thing. But yeah, at the same but do time, you really want to see those actors sing that's it. ABBA songs? That's it. Like Pierce that's Brosnan. That's a big part you of see, it. You want to see Meryl Streepy all sprightly? She's very in her, sprightly. In her overalls. Yeah, that's kind of a bit like... She's uh, like you bouncing could say, around you the place. You could describe her as plucky. Plucky, plucky, plucky Meryl Streep. Or spry, apparently. Spry is the word to use. Spry. Yeah. spry, yeah, for an older person. Oh, let's not go there. I'm not, I'm not being let's ageist. Not I'm just saying, that's I'm, not, I'm, not saying, I'm not saying you've been ageism. ageist. Ageism. You li- you're literally the opposite of ageist. You've got this weird thing for older women. Like I, we have, We've kind of half referenced it a few times, but like you've got this real... like. It's a genuine thing. It's a genuine <laughs> thing like that you have that everybody knows about. Yeah, okay, yeah, like, yeah, I don't know. Okay, <laughs> let's talk about The Dark Knight then. Yeah, let's just drop that all together. Let's drop any reference to that. Um, How long before you get a Michelle Foy for reference in, though? Ooh. See, Catwoman. Oh, she's Dark Knight Rises. Yeah, yeah, and like, I'm doing the Junket next week for Ant Man of the Wasp, and I was really hoping that Michelle Foy was going to be in the list, and she's not. So that's two members of the cast that would need pepper spray to, to like, well, like Paul Rudd as well. Oh, no, Paul Rudd is fine. Now, Paul Rudd, I'm going to be professional, and I'm going to get through that interview for fine, once. Just, it's not going to be any issues with it. It's going to be fine. So you're not going to walk in with like a boombox playing that um, song you guys were like geeking out. Was it Aretha Franklin? No, it wasn't Aretha Franklin. It was Teddy Pendergrass. Close the door. There you are. Anyways, the Dark Knight. Jesus, can I get through this? Dark Knight, yeah. Um, ten years on, I really do think. Right, watching back, watching back the Dark Knight, I think it's one of those films that it's very much of its time because. It was really you talking. Say that. You say this every, every time, week, every week, every time. That's why we revisit. You know, you, well, you need to think about the revisit a bit more. Maybe okay. watch the film, revisit yeah, I have it. Watched the like film. we're telling our listeners and viewers to do. Sure, but like I think when you watch The Dark Knight, if you understand it in the prism of it was very much a post nine eleven film. It was very much a, the idea of you know terrorism and the response to terrorism and like where does the line end you know that kind of way like where does uh, it Batman that's where Am I no right? but I mean at the whole thing where they like he has the, stop the terrorists no but like the whole thing with like when he has the the screens and it turns every phone in the city into a into a microphone that can listen in and pinpoint where the Joker is like that's pure NSA all that stuff that Edward Snowden yeah. yeah surveillance and Edward Snowden was going on about now what I find interesting is the fact that Batman, or, well, Bruce Wayne, rather, is, I guess you would say, the sort of, the moral use of absolute power in the sense of, like, yes, I am going to spy on every single person in the city, but as soon as I'm done, I'm going to destroy the system. And that, that, there were elements of that in the Avengers movies as well, in, in Civil War and stuff. Yeah. Like, there was, you know... Yeah. It, I mean, it's... it's great power comes great responsibility. Exactly, that that's yeah. it. I mean, that's been a thing in comic books, uh, superheroes from day one, but never has it been done so on the nose the way that the Dark Knight did it. And, you know, 
there's been kind of like back and forth because like some people would argue that like you know Batman and superheroes are supposed to be you know completely divorced from reality I mean they're meant to have capes and they're meant to be flying around a place mm. they're not meant to deal with real societal issues and then other people that say no absolutely not they are supposed to be reflections of our society they are supposed to kind of you know show the worst and best of what humanity can be and the Dark Knight was always I found was really fascinating was because it got the moral grey area it really kind of said, look, I'm doing something that I know is wrong. I'm going to act outside jurisdiction. Like the bit when he grabs the um, the Asian banker guy from Hong Kong, that brilliant sequence when he blows out the thing and he's got the, the skyhook thing and all that. Like he did that because... He's in Skyscraper, by the way. Is he really? Yeah. Yeah. How are you going around? Coming right around. <laughs> um, but yeah, like that whole sequence, like he did that without due process. He did that by violating a load of extradition treaties. People do that on Twitter now all the time anyways. Well, <laughs> just people are just like, get him, get yeah, them. But, <laughs> okay, fine, yeah. But like in the, in the in a real sense of the word, there was no process, there was no legal process. He just went and grabbed the guy and brought him back to Gotham to stand trial. And, you know, again, that's the idea of like, Yes, Batman doesn't do red tape. Exactly, that's it. Batman doesn't follow due process. Batman just does what's right. But is he actually right, though? Because he's kind of like, you know, violating... He's taking a lot of his own hands, but he's a vigilante, right? Yeah, of course. Mm-hmm. I mean, but, I mean, and he's that's, doing that anyway. He's doing that anyway. But like, I suppose it's the thing of like, does Batman have respect for the law or does just Batman have respect for what's right and what's wrong? And I mean, and that's something that, you know, loads of films have gone into. The idea of like is something legally right or is something morally right? Like, they do it in true grit. Like, you know the whole thing where they have the argument, like, as in mm. she wants to kill the person who shot her father. But then the whole thing is like, well, maybe the person who shot the father should stand trial. So which is actually right? Should he mm. stand trial or should he die for his crimes? Yeah. Like, you know? You forget as well, I mean, I do, uh, that even thinking about it there, I think about The Dark Knight as a singular film with The Dark Knight Rises been a sequel. I don't think about Batman Begins been the first one yeah. in that trilogy. Am I alone on that? I I feel that the third really makes an attempt to kind of bring one, two and three together in that twist. You know, the twist I'm talking about, Um, you know, relating to Raz Al Ghul from the first one. And I mean, I do love Liam Neeson's performance in that first film. Sorry, I'm after getting something in my eye. That's why I'm like... Are you just getting totally emotional? Oh God, there's just going to be a mascara streak eventually. Anyway, um, but I was just going to add to what you were saying there, Brian, um, that I love that in The Dark Knight, while it does deal with all those issues that you mentioned there, I think that for me anyway, and I know we could talk about the Joker to death, but it's not so much Heath Ledger's performance, which obviously is amazing. And we could spend a whole podcast talking about, but it's what his character represents in that absolute terrorism in the idea of someone just being evil and wanting to bring total destruction and not having any motivation Mm. for what he wants or when to stop. And the idea of that was like just so terrifying. And I think it rooted into like a lot of people's fears because what if there is someone who comes around like that eventually who's just so like devoid of kind of human emotion and is just like is in human form but it's like exactly but it's charismatic enough and smart enough to you know first of all to get people to follow them and to follow it through yeah that kind of terrifying Mm -hmm. nihilism kind of thing yeah that just wants to see everything destroyed like yeah and like that's even I mean that's the other part of this that was interesting as well was the fact that like you know the Joker had no kind of political affiliation he wasn't trying to take over Gotham he wasn't trying to (laughs) the Joker's not left or right yeah like I mean that's it like he didn't have any kind of real sort of anything to gain from it he just wanted to just but you know what I say, I really, one thing I really love about those films is Michael Caine 
I yeah. love him in those oh, films, Alfred. Great. He's yeah. so good in them. He's so the heart of those yeah. movies. He really is, so yeah. many of Christopher Nolan's movies, but those three, three movies specifically, especially about how the, how the Dark Knight Rises ends. Oh. And yeah. just, Michael Caine is a, he's the beaten heart of that. I mean, it's never yeah. really mentioned, is yeah. it? Yeah. yeah, no, not at all. Like, I, I mean, mean, he definitely brings a lot more emotion to it than Christian Bale. I mean, yeah. there's always that kind of sense of coldness. Like, you know he feels something, but, you know, he's hidden it's behind the mask. Yeah. You know? oh, and, and not to go back to the football analogies, but uh, producer Dave might help help me over here I always would have thought that Christian Bale was the Roy Keane of actors what do you think how so because he just he's like the intensity the intensity of it and the kind of doesn't doesn't suffer fools at all and is just like obviously incredible at what he does yeah but there's just always something about Christian Bale that struck me as quite Roy Roy Keane-esque would you agree with that producer Dave yes there we go (laughs) there we go succinct the deadpan cork man strikes again I thought yeah. that was an amazing analogy. I just put out, and you were yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I get it's yeah. I mean, it's the kind of thing that, like, yeah, he is absolutely one hundred percent committed. And also, as well, I think this is another part of it as well. I feel that Roy Keane is very self-critical. Would I be right in saying that? Uh, he's more critical of the people around him. Sure, but in the sense of like, you know, he can <laughs> he can recognize his own faults. He can recognize his own faults. I would say, and uh, no, is I, he not like that? I don't know if you. I don't know if I'd ever call Roy Keane humble. Oh, he's incredible. I love Ray Keane. Yeah, like he's, but you don't think he's humble? Um, I don't know. Would you call him humble? Well, you're from Cork. You're like... But worked very hard to improve upon them. And didn't, yeah. and didn't uh, take too kindly to people that didn't. No, not at all. That's why he hasn't been a great manager, I would say. Brian's like, I've tried for the football oh, thing. Yeah. I, I was throw try- it in there. I, yeah, I was trying to meet you halfway there. Basically, what I was saying was, was that Christian Bale, like, he's gone on record before saying that like, he felt he never got Batman right. Yeah. As in, he was like, look, I really wanted him to be this really damaged character. I felt that I didn't articulate that right. There's and a lot going on in those films. They were never exactly. just, they were, like, even yeah. when the, the, the Michael Keaton Batman, it was never just Batman. Exactly. Jack Nicholson and Michelle yeah. Pfeiffer. And, yeah. yeah, yeah. And he always yeah. said that he felt that he didn't kind of do, he didn't do the character justice. That's such a shame. I thought he was great. And that's what I was saying. And I mean, it is such a, like, challenging character. Yeah, you yeah know? completely. And that was the point. It was That's what I was saying about Roy Keane, is that, like, I felt like that Roy Keane has you know, it can be beat himself up needlessly, is yeah. what I would say. And I think that Christian Bale does that as well. Cool. Makes sense. Uh, it's an absolute... I kind of actually want to watch it now, even though Brian just winged it. I actually do kind of want to watch yeah. it again now. I wasn't winging it. Like, You're going to do your job off the cuff as well, you know? Um, but another final point as well, uh, loads of references to Heat in The Dark Knight. I was going to say that William Frickner at the start of it, yeah. uh, who's obviously in Heat, yeah. and that music. Uh, yeah. Christopher Nolan's obviously been a big fan of... Michael Mann. In fact, yeah. they actually did a thing. I saw it. It's a great uh, video series on YouTube where... Um, Christopher Nolan did it I think they did it for Ampas the Academy Academy of Music uh, Motion Pictures and Sciences um, he chaired this discussion with Michael Mann and Robert De Niro and Al Pacino amazing about heat and Christopher Nolan chaired the whole discussion Where, can you, can it, it's on YouTube yeah it's on YouTube you can watch it it's brilliant alright that's it I'm going I'm to go out. watch that now <laughs> uh, thanks all for point. joining us like and subscribe do we know what's out next week I never know this oh god um, I'm pretty sure if it's the 10th it's <laughs> uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp, I think. No. Crap. Um, it's not that. I didn't bring it my is. phone. If I brought my phone in with me, and I didn't bring my phone, if I brought my phone in with me, I would have had the notes out. I didn't bring my phone in with me. You see, I learned. I learned. You, are you killing time with D-Checks Entertainment? Yes, I am. To see what's out next yes, week. Yes, I am. That's exactly what I'm doing. Why did you plug your show there a third time there uh, while the you Delph, were waiting? iTunes, uh, YouTube. Wait, it's uh, not the 20th next week. Um, we've got uh, Owen Roddy on the show this week and um, we've got a, another fantastic guest coming to the studio on Friday two fantastic guests coming to the studio on Friday um, I'm heading over to London to talk to Superman 
Oh yeah, we should talk about that. Yeah, we um, Henry Cavill, you're talking. Well, about hopefully, yeah, hopefully, because in order for the Delve to work, so anybody who doesn't know the Delve is basically long form conversations uh, uh-huh. or longer form conversations. And you're <laughs> geez, super sorry, she knows what it is. So it's, it's longer form conversations. So I'm hoping I have Henry Cavill and uh, Chris McQuarrie for 20 minutes because we were talking about speaking of the revisit mm-hmm. that we want to do Way of the Gun as a yeah. revisit. I want to get uh, Chris McQuarrie, who was his first movie as a director, to talk about that. Dear yeah. what is out next week? Okay, Mamma Mia, here we go again. <laughs> oh, thank God. And one I'm really looking forward to seeing, I saw it a good few weeks ago and we'll also have oh, yeah. on the line interview with its director, Drew Pierce. It is a film called Hotel Artemis. Oh, cool. And I think it's going to be the next big thing. So yeah. I'll be talking about that. <laughs> cool. <laughs> the <laughs> next totally, big thing. Totally didn't, totally just got that so smooth. We're just like, yeah, we just like talk about the delve and now we have yeah. thing. That, that was not winging it at all. That like. was brazingly winging it. So we do <laughs> apologize for that. Uh, do come join us next week though. Uh, this is slightly shorter this week. Yeah. Because we're, we're in the studio a little bit later. But uh, do like and subscribe. Do tell your friends. Do follow at The Film Show on Twitter. And if you have any suggestions for the revisit, do uh, tweet them to us. Thanks so much. Thanks, producer Dave. That's Charlotte. How about a lie? Hmm? You want to know how I got these scores?